player two has joined the game. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin, along with no one else today because Sean could not make it. Um, but yeah, this is a very special episode of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. If you didn't know, every week, usually two brothers get together to tell you everything you need to know about in the world of video games. If you like that, make sure you like the video, subscribe, share it with your friends, family, and everyone in betwixt. If you really like us, you can go to patreon.com slash two player co-op, just like our producers, Steve Appleton, Aunt Sue, Vernon Slayton, and Dustin Downs did, as well as our affiliates, James Solar, Sarah Solar, and John Tangley. If you like merch, of the two-player co-op variety. You can go to teespring.com slash two-player co-op. Um, so yeah, I just want to record this. After I talked to Dustin, I didn't want to subjugate him to all of this stuff, uh, all the rigmarole and everything. But yeah, I just got done recording with Dustin. This was a lot of fun. Um, Dustin is someone that I'm, I'm super proud of. I've seen him grow. I've seen him go from just being an editor at Last Stand Media to a full-time co-host of Sacred Symbols, my favorite video game podcast on the internet. And he was nice enough to join me for about an hour or so to talk about uh, you know, how he got to Last Stand Media, working for Colin, favorite games, current games that are out, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And it was a really fun chat, and I hope you guys like it. Uh, so that's enough for this intro. Please enjoy this interview with Dustin Furman. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special episode of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. Greetings and salutations, as it were. I am joined today, not with my brother from my mother, Sean, as I said in the opening, but I am joined today by Dustin Furman, the executive producer at Last Stand Media and the co-host of Sacred Symbols, the best video game podcast that there is. Whoa, thank you. The, the very best, man. Thank you. That's that's high, high praise. It 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 is. It's I was so happy when Colin and I told him when he came on our show a few months ago. I, I was just so happy when he came back to games. Um, and it was one of those things where I had never heard of Chris Raygun. Never. Mm. But I love Colin. I've been following him probably for as long as he's been a thing. Um and it just when he came back and sacred symbol started i was like i don't know who this chris guy is but just listening to the first episode i was like this is awesome um and it is without a doubt to me it's the best video game podcast that there is um and i will say like, like i was telling you before we went on the air the only other podcast i listen to is game scoop i love damon and what they do over there with 20 Damon's questions great yeah yeah 20 questions and all that we've we've aped that in our past it on our podcast we also started doing uh a while ago we used to do something called the back of the box challenge where we would go and we would look at the back of a retail box from our childhood and we would read the back of the box bleeping out any names or anything that would give it away and then the other host would try to guess and we had a lot of fun with that good idea yeah but at some point we just run out of ideas so we're like we bring it back every once in a while when we do a big episode or something but Right. But yeah. And I just want to say, Dustin, I don't like change. So at first, and I tweeted you this and you liked it. So I know this is cool for me to say at first, when you started coming on, I was like, well, first I didn't know who Chris Reagan was. And like a lot of people said, that's not Greg. Well, you know, whatever. And then Dustin started coming on. I was like, I don't know Dustin that well, what is happening. But then by the time it got announced that you were the official third chair of sacred symbols, I was just so freaking happy 
Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thank I, you. I, I love listening to you and Colin and Chris. You guys do such, such a fantastic job. You're a great addition to the show. I'm so happy for you and jealous as well. Yeah. Um, it, but you know, it's funny. Um, I think that there may be some people that thought that my slow in, including was like a part of a, a long plan where it's like Dustin was like, or Colin was like, Dustin, I'm going to incorporate you, but we're going to do it slowly. No, it's just like, one episode, Chris couldn't be there. And yep. I I was like, get Maddie in. He's the guy. He's the, he's the guy. And then Maddie couldn't make it. I was like, well, I guess you're getting me. <laughs> and um, then Colin and like invited me a few more times. I'm like, okay, okay. And then eventually he was inviting me every week. And it, it literally wasn't until I think three weeks before I was announced as the third co-host that I knew. I I was just like, hmm. bro, if you invite me to be on, you know, this show, I'll I'll be there day or night, whatever. I will be there. Um, so it was it's truly, and I mean it's it's funny because we're talking about video game podcasts, but it is truly like one of the honors, great honors in my life to be able to be on that show. It's like so I I wake up and I'm still like very, very thankful for that yeah. opportunity. I love it. And one of the things I also love, you you listen to a lot of podcasts where there's three or four people on it and they all end up just talking over each other. But I don't know if it's a compliment to Colin or just the rapport that you all three have, but you guys never, it never devolves into everybody's talking at the same time and I can't hear anything. You know what I mean? And that's, that's tough to do when you got multiple people on a podcast, especially when you're remote, you know? Right. Yeah, that's that's something I think that's extremely important for us that, um, you know, so it's it's never going to be perfect because of remote. Like you said, there's always going to be that little bit of latency. So it's hard to get that back and forth perfect. But especially now it's gotten so, so much easier for us in that the doing the video really helps so you can see and know yeah. like the, the, the cues and stuff. But we also just kind of you get I mean, you know, this from from podcasting is just that you get like a feeling of when like the right time to interject is or like, you know, so, um, but yeah, I can't stand, I don't like talking over each other either. Some people like that, like kind of like free for all style of podcast and you know, whatever, that's cool. It would never be how I would want to do it. Yeah. Um, so we're happy to provide that for people that are looking for something like that. Yep. I agree. Um, and I know you're super busy, so thank you so much for taking the time to, to meet with oh, me. Yeah. Um, no so for the people that don't know, who is Dustin Furman? Well, man, where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I guess um, how, how did you become the executive producer at Last Stand? I, I know you've said in the past that you've met, you met Colin, I think it, I can't remember if it was a PAX or what it was um, hmm. in, in the past, but like, how did it go from Colin's out there? He comes back to games. He's, well, first he does Colin's Last Stand, political stuff. He realizes that's not his passion. He wants to come back to games, sacred right. symbols, some little bit of YouTube stuff. I think he was still editing everything himself then. So how did how did you get into the picture um, at La what is now Last Stand Media? Yeah, so I was I was looking for a job in games industry for years, basically from like. Right after I finished high school, I was doing video production work at a local place uh, and I got into gaming podcasts and the first gaming podcast I ever listened to was a show called Beyond mm -hmm. and it was Colin and Greg and I was like, whoa, these guys make money. 
talking about video games. That's pretty cool. And something kind of clicked in my head where I was like, I, maybe I could do this. Maybe not though. I'm, I have to at least try though. Right. And so, uh, to make this story, not super long, I ended up eventually starting my own company called handsome phantom, uh, with some of my friends, uh, my very good friend, Brandon, who's been my friend since like eighth grade. Uh, and, uh, Ben Smith, who's also the, the mayor. Uh, <laughs> yes, the mayor, Ben Smith, and also associate producer at Last yep. Stand Now. Um, we started that website together, and that kind of opened a lot of doors for us to work in the games industry. Not for none of us were like making money at all. Like we we have a or we had a Patreon. I'm I'm like it's I'm still lightly involved. Like I help them out with their podcast, but I'm definitely not a cog in the wheel that keeps Handsome Phantom running anymore. But like there's a it was a Patreon, but we never like. We, we lost money on that endeavor, which it was fine. It was a passion project and it, we got to go to stuff like PAX and stuff. So, uh, so anyway, at 1E3, Ben, the mayor, as you mentioned, was on Fireside Chats. And so that was how mm. I had first met Colin okay. on a more professional. I actually met him at New York Comic Con a few years before, but it was just like okay. a, a fan interaction. And... Colin, then a few months later, that December, I believe it was December 2017, he was looking for an editor. And I was like, okay, here we go. This is my my time to strike. And so I emailed Colin. I was like, hey, uh, this is who I am. This is how we met. This is, uh, I heard you're looking for an editor. Here's my portfolio. I think it speaks for itself. Uh, let me know. And so Colin's like, well, yeah, I am looking for an editor, but I was hoping for someone local, but I'm willing to give you a shot. That's a so, good impression, by the way. Yeah, he's, yeah, he was in like, well, I was kind of hoping for someone local, but uh, I'm willing to give you a shot. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. So my first edit ever for Last Hand was I was editing the audio for the Metal Gear Solid episode of Knockback. Oh. And we didn't, we didn't tell anybody that I was, dude, beautiful. Dude, I love that, man. I, I need one of those. That's it's um, my favorite series of all time. And, oh, and it's so great. So it, I remember, it's... dude, I played that. That was like one of the my early, like in early games that was instrumental in like my love of games. I think I was in, I was a little young to play. I was in first grade, but I beat oh your song. I'm so it was, old. It was awesome. Okay, wait. So sorry, Dustin. Not to get off on a tangent here, but like no, I go said, for it. my favorite series of all time. What I always say. So I'm going to be 40 in November. Okay. Um, I kind of started falling out of video games. I, I was a Sega kid, so that might be part of the problem. Uh, oh, we so got yeah. we we got the Saturn, and that didn't go so well. And I kind of started falling out. Um, my brother is three years younger than me. He was just gung ho all the way. He got the he got his N sixty four in ninety eight, and I was kind of like whatever because he got it with Ocarina and everything. I went to college. I didn't actually play Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation at first. I played it on my PC that I had at college when I was a freshman in 99. And that was the game. And I, like I would say, Hideo Kojima is my Lord and Savior. Yeah. That's the game that that's, it's not like I wouldn't be here actually without Metal Gear, but I would definitely not be doing this without Metal Gear Solid. It's so important and it's my favorite series of all time. So that, that makes me happy. Well, dude, yeah, I mean, no one, I mean, there had been games that had cutscenes, obviously, but nobody did it to that level to make it like a cinematic experience before that, I feel like. Yep. Um, so, man, incredible game. But um, 
so yeah, we didn't tell anybody. And then we put the edit out. Nobody noticed that it was like a different edit or whatever. Cause Colin's very particular. Like he wants yeah. ums and ahs. Like they're very yeah. finely edited. And so from there, it kind of just like snowballed. Like he was having me edit knockback and then he added fireside, uh, fireside chats when we were doing that show. And then eventually it was like, okay, here's the big one. You're going to edit sacred symbols. And so I'd kind of become Colin's main go-to guy for edits. And it was very, I mean, it was very stressful uh, just because I was like terrified yeah. of screwing up uh, just because I was like, oh, this, this might be a foot in the door situation. Um, and Colin, you know, he paid very well and he was fun to work with. And obviously like he was part of the reason why I was striving to get into the industry. So it was like, yep. oh, holy crap. Um, but then, um, so yeah, he was having me edit everything. And eventually he brought me on as a actual employee, as his editor and doing some other light, um, light stuff. And so it was great because then I like was able to leave my editing job and just work from home and do these edits. And it was, it was crazy. It was like surreal that I could make money. Um, it was cool. It was like, obviously like deep down, I knew I wanted to be on content, but I was content to just be involved. So I wasn't yeah. going to like ask or demand of anything. I was like, if it, if it's supposed to happen, it will happen naturally. Yep. Um, and then, I mean, from there, it was just like Colin uh, gave me more responsibilities. It was about a year ago that he gave me the position of executive producer. And so I got a lot more say in like what we do and the direction of the company. And man, in the last, uh, it feels like really though, the last seven months has just been really like, more stuff has happened in seven months than since like the entire time of like 2018, 2019 and 2020 yeah. was just like, just because of the, the, the rebrand and the way we changed, you know, changing our name and adding defining Duke. And so, sorry, that was, I tried to uh, make that short and I think it ended up being long anyway, but that's, no, that's the story. That, that was perfect. I mean, the reason that my brother and I do this, obviously it's not our full-time gig. We both have full-time jobs. Um, in my dream world, this would be our full-time job, but it's probably never going to happen, but that's okay. I mean, we've, we've got a Patreon that's pretty small, but we've got some awesome, you know, an awesome small group of fans that really love us. And yeah, the reason we started this was, I mean, going back to the kind of funny days, it was Colin and Greg, you know, right. it was just like all, all the talk about the spare bedroom and everything. And we, one time we went out to get pizza it was me and my wife, my brother and his wife. And we were just like, you know what? We should do a podcast. Or my brother said, and I was like, oh my God. Cause he had just moved here down to Memphis. Uh, he was up in the Northeast in uh, Connecticut in Groton. And I was like, I was hoping you were going to say that it was right after metal gear solid five came out. He was starting to play through it. I had already blown through it, of course. And we just said, let's figure this out. And we just got one of our old crappy MacBooks and a couple of USB mics and we made it work. And it's like I said, it's never going to probably never going to be our full-time job, but it's a reason to get with my brother every week and hang out and do let's plays and podcasts. And I, it's just the best. And yeah, Colin was the inspiration for that along with Greg also, but I mean, right. Colin's always been, he's been my guy. So yeah, dude. And that's great. I, I love hearing uh, stories like that because I feel, you know, you have to enjoy 
the work or you know the actual because like yeah everyone loves the idea of doing a podcast or doing let's plays and then yeah. like once you get into it you're like oh man this is um sometimes more difficult than i thought um and it's definitely hard to be consistent i mean man like yeah it's 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 difficult but you know it it sounds like you've got like you know the fact that the passion stems from um the experience and like the the relationship you have is is fantastic and um that was kind of a pretty similar experience for me with the the handsome phantom boys like it's cool like i love podcasting with colin and chris and and maddie and and those guys but um it was hard to leave behind handsome phantom because those are my my real life friends um yeah. like brandon was in my wedding and like ben's kids are like they love my wife holly and so it's like very um you know we're very connected and so leaving that behind was was very difficult um but you know they were supportive of me they understood um and they're still doing great the hp podcast check them out they're doing awesome awesome um, so I did get one question. It was a write-in from one of our Patreon supporters, James Solar, who you might remember, actually, he was on the first episode of Call In with Colin. Right. And he was the returnal guy that every right, time yeah. he would play like 10 minutes. Now, since then, he has now beaten the game. Okay. So Good. he finally, it started working. I, I want to ask you about returnal a little bit because I'm about to kill myself over that game. But he wrote in and said, hey, Jaguar, Dustin. He had to. He, I, I will I, never I, escape that, and I'm okay no. with it because I'm going to stand by a Jaguar. Dude, it's like I tweeted you this week, and I was like, I, when I heard it, I was like, yeah, he said Jaguar. And I've seen, because I work with a lot of people in the UK in my job. Obviously, it's all remote and everything. Oh. But they do say the Jaguar. So I've heard that. But then when I heard Jaguar, I was like, what? And then Colin called it out. And I was like, oh, my. I, I was literally about to just spit my drink out. I couldn't. It, it was just one of the funniest things I've heard in a while. But uh, he says, it's awesome to see you on a show with some folks that I actually know. What has been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome at LSM as executive producer? If you could go back and give yourself one piece of insight, what would it be? Mm, the big, this is a great question. Okay. The biggest obstacle. Um, I want to make sure I portray this in the right way. Um the biggest obstacle was probably gaining Colin's trust. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in any negative way towards Colin because Colin has had quite a few ha things happen to him Yeah, that makes it hard to trust people yep. uh, that he works with. And I totally get that. Um, and so for me, it was, uh, it was difficult at times to... I guess be patient is the right word because like when I was like just editing knockback, I was like, let's go. I'm ready for more. Like, come on, let's, let's, let's do this. Um, and that wasn't where Colin was at. And you know, that's, that's fine. Um, and it probably was better in the long run because now Colin and I have this really great working relationship where I'm his like go-to guy and it's great. Um, but that was a, a long process and it was kind of nerve wracking. Like I said, for me, be just because so after Colin hired me, I believe we had a text interaction and we were talking about like someone, it wasn't anyone that works for, I'm trying to remember. It was like someone in something didn't get back to us or whatever. And I'm like, how can people like do just do that? Like when they're presented this opportunity, it's like, yeah, that happens. I was like, I would have never done that. 
He's like, yeah, if you would have, if you would have spaced or like screwed up early on, you would have been gone. And I was yeah. like, oh, good to know. <laughs> um, which I think was in his right. Like, you know, this yeah. is a, you know, we, we run on consistency. That is like one of the lifebloods of our brand is we are always, we, even if we met, like, for example, uh, we ended up missing knockback last yeah. week, but today on our Patreon or yesterday and today we posted two episodes. So it's like, we were a little late, which almost never happens, Yep. but we're, you're never going to, we're not going to like, you know, miss an episode for people. We just might do a little behind. So, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was difficult to, to break that barrier and Colin, dude, he's done so well, um, in that he has become more trusting. He's let go. Um, that's kind of what he said in some of his letters is that it's like, it's been hard for me to let go uh, and relinquish some control of this company, but I just can't do it anymore. And the growth is, yeah. is beyond just me. And it's been, it's been cool that he's allowed, um, other people to come in and kind of make this their own as well. And I think that's probably one of the most exciting aspects, but so that was the the difficult, the other question was um, the advice. Yeah. The advice I would have given myself was just to relax <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, I was just, I mean, I'm still kind of like this. I'm like slightly paranoid. Like I have to watch Patreon posts go live and like see the first few comments to make sure that nothing's <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Which like, 99% of the time there's nothing wrong, but I'm just, I don't know. It, it's one of those things I always say that like, I have, uh, I, I don't think I would consider a condition, but I have like stress and anxiety about stuff like that, but I try to use it to my advantage in order to make things as, as good as possible. It makes me consistent. So that's, that's my advice then. And my advice now is to just like chill out because yeah. if something goes slightly wrong um it'll be okay uh we can we can fix things if needed yeah the the funny thing that just makes me think of so my brother and i started playing through for zelda's 35th anniversary we we played through zelda one one of my favorite games of all time now we're playing through probably my second favorite game of all time in a link to the past and the first episode we did on our channel we played through you know you wake up your uncle dies you get the sword you save zelda and you go out and we're like okay that was about 15 18 minutes do we want to cut it there or do we want to just go through the first dungeon and we said while we're recording we said okay let, let's just cut it there you know i'll let's go back into the sanctuary come back out and then i'll cut it there and i'll say all right we'll be back next episode and because i didn't edit it for like a week after we recorded i completely forgot about that and left it all in and I'm like, oh. you know what, it, it, at this point, who cares? First of all, like I said, it's just time for me to hang out with my brother and stuff. But like, right. to see that, I just said, look, it's just like, it's, it's like an included blooper. Who, who cares at this point? But right. yeah, just, yeah. Well, thank you for answering that for James. Like I said, yeah, he's for sure. He's a patron of us. He's a patron of y'all. So thank you for he that. He seems like a good guy. I've talked to him. I think he's been in my Twitch chats before as well. Yeah. And he was great on that, uh, the Colin episode. So yeah. Shout James is James. James is great. We met him. We did a ranking. It was, it was actually right before Breath of the Wild came out. We ranked all the Zelda games, and I oh. haven't played anywhere near all of them. Um, and we just put all the multiplayer ones at the bottom, and then we we did it after that. But nice. um, so how is it? it you've kind of talked about this so far, but working for Colin and I love Colin. I continue to be amazed by he could tweet that the sky is blue and everyone would get 
pissed. So working for Colin, now being a co-host of the best video game podcast that there is, have you gotten crap because of that? Like, do people just come at you just because you're associated with him? Or is it more just it? they just have their bullseye on Colin, which again, I will never freaking understand. I get it. He made a bad Al Bundy joke. Who cares? Get Just right. get over yourselves. Um, but yeah, I just wonder if any of that ever rolls towards you now being, you know, an official co-host of, of Sacred Symbols and everything. Right. Yeah. So it's it's interesting just because the the way that it's affect me, affected me is like indirect. I mean, it is direct, but not like very few people have tweeted at me directly. I think like one guy when I got hired was like, wow, you just burned your your shot in the to, to get a job anywhere else. And I was like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Um, so the ways that it's been indirect though, I've been kind of, it's not frustrating. It's just like annoying. Cause I guess I had a better view of certain people in that there are, are, are uh, I wouldn't call them friends, but like friendly acquaintances uh, that I've made with people and even people, people that I've done favors for, or have had dinner with, like we, we broke bread together. And when they saw that I was working for Colin, uh, they promptly, I'll like go and like see their profile a little bit later. And it's like, Oh, they don't follow me anymore, which I know that that's like petty. It's Twitter. Yes. It's stupid. Right. But it does send a little bit of a message that it's just like, yeah, no, not anymore. And it's like, okay. And then the other thing uh, that's, this is even more frustrating is so for a decent amount of when I've been working with Colin, I was also working at handsome Phantom at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly when I was just doing editing stuff before I was on sacred symbols. And in January, as I mentioned, we hired Ben who, and Ben is the editor in chief of handsomephantom.com. I won't name uh, the entity or the company, but we had a great relationship with them. We uh, reviewed all their games. We reviewed them on time. And I think we were always fair. We took their appointments at PAX. We wrote great previews on their stuff. And we had a great relationship. Um, then Ben got hired. And Ben is our contact person between us and this company. And they just n- didn't respond to Hands Up Anime anymore. Just totally stopped responding. And this is like someone we would say hi to at events uh, regularly, knew each other by name and stuff. And then that this company is just like, no, you are guilty by guilty by association. And it's just, you know, it, it sucks. People can, I mean, these companies can do whatever they want. It's fine. Um, I I don't, I don't mean to say this in an arrogant way, but but for last stand, it's like, we don't need the PR support anymore um and we're very thankful not everyone can do that um that's something i think that colin sometimes doesn't mention is that it's like we're kind of lucky like very lucky that we don't have to that we don't need pr but so yeah it's it's frustrating but like to me now the way i think about it is that colin and and i we don't like agree 100 percent like politically or even how we behave on online like that's it's different but like I don't like, like you, I don't have any problem with Colin or how he, I, I wouldn't be working with him. If that yeah, was of the course. Case. Yeah. But the people that have such hatred, 
I don't really want to be associated with them anyway, if exactly. I'm being honest. Like, I'm not going to go and unfriend someone or like whatever, or like diss somebody that speaks out, but it's like, whatever. I'll just, you can think what you think, what I think, whatever. It's fine. But people are too willing to just uh, write people off for the smallest things. And it's just, it's sad, dude. It's crazy. So I lost some, what I will say in quotes, friends uh, here locally, a group we used to be associated with. Um, when the thing happened a month ago or something, I think it's when I first DM'd you because I was just so pissed off. I was like, I want to talk to everybody at LSM now. Um, but Colin, but basically it was how Colin said God of War 2 should be on PS5 only, which I agree with. And then oh a God. local Memphis YouTuber, streamer, whatever, did one of the things where she tweets about, we don't need any C star Lynn Moriarty, you know, like not actually typing out his name because everybody's afraid to do that. Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. And I replied and I said, it's just so funny how none of y'all want to talk so much shit, but you are so afraid to actually name him or add him or anything. And then that got, everybody was like, how dare you do this to a local Memphis person? I was like, I've never even, maybe I've met this person once. I've no allegiance to them or whatever. I call it like I see it. And then everybody's like, you're gone, whatever. I'm like, well, fine. We're doing even better. You contributed nothing anyways, just whatever. And then, but the biggest thing for us, so we did a video about four years ago. Every time it comes up in my time hop, I'm like, oh yeah, that was the day my world went crazy. We did a, we did a podcast like four years ago and it was the best title I've ever had for a video. I'm afraid to even say his name because he is kind of like Voldemort. I feel like he'll just pop back up, but it was, I titled it the character assassination of Colin Moriarty by the coward Bob Mackey. And, oh. and I may have seen this video. It was, it was the best title I've ever done. All of a sudden Bob got wind of it. All of a sudden, everybody, we are getting so much hate, like, and basically what we were saying is you can't, you're just like, you're just slandering this man. You're libeling this man. It's absolutely ridiculous. You're, you're just spewing all these lies, whatever. And the amount of vitriol that came at us, first off, I was thankful for the views. It's the second best video we ever did, yeah. but I'm like, man, y'all really just and Bob went in on us and that's his right. And like, I, I don't care. Like I've, I've got issues with people online. Like I can't remember what the guy's name is. Game dad, JP. He used to be Mr. Negative, whatever his name is. Oh yeah. That guy, that guy. And, but when I've had issues with him about Colin, like I tweet at him, I'm not mm -hmm. just going to be like G star Emmy dad, JP. I'm, I'm going to actually tweet at him and tell him. And right he might fire back. He might not, but like I, th this whole thing about punching up that you well, can have no recourse is just insane to me. Here's the thing about these characters like Bob Mackie and, and game dad is what's so interesting is that the only traction they get on Twitter is by trying is being over dramatic in particular, or like, Oh, you know, let me tweet about Colin or, or the person that, you know, they think everyone hates the things that's going to score them the most points. It's like, yep. dude, go to that guy's, you know, game dad's Patreon or go to his YouTube channel. It's like, he gets less no, views than we do, dude. Yeah. But for some reason, he's known to be some, <laughs> right. for some reason, notable only because he, he's like, um, someone described it to me. That's like, actually people like him are good because they're lightning rods. Um, yeah. and they can just like attract all of that at once. I'm like, you know, you might be right. Um, but it's just funny. Cause it's like, 
imagine if like your claim to fame was the guy that talks shit on Colin on Twitter. Right. Like that's that's really all you've got. And yep. the content you actually care about, no one cares. Right. Um, and I feel bad because I've I've been there where no one's cared about the content I made. It, yeah. it sucks. It's just like be try to put that output into doing something that is successful. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't I don't want to, you know, be too rough on the guy, but it's like you, you you're doing it wrong, dude. Like yeah, clearly. It's so weird. Whenever I see him pop up, it's it is funny how he keeps changing his his handle, but whatever. Um, when I see him pop up, then I'm like, let me go to this guy's YouTube channel for Game Dad JP. And I'm like, okay, so their videos are like 30 or 40 every episode. They don't show how many subs they have, but somehow this guy has 10,000 followers. So it's really people just want to see you yell about Colin, I guess. Like, I don't, I, I just don't understand. Like, that's not, I would rather have no views than just be like, you know, Colin left kind of funny. So I hate Greg. I'm just going to yell at Greg all the time and get a fan right. base. I'm not going to do that. And I, I don't have anything against, you know, whatever happened there, whatever. But like, that's not how I, I would rather have the amount of viewers we have make the stuff that we want to make. I'll call stuff out when I need to, but to make your whole online persona, just someone that is just mad at this one person. So you can just be like, Hey, got, now here's a tweet. It's going to get hundreds of likes just because I said it. And then no one cares anything else you say. It's just so weird to me. Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're living in a new era of social currency, yeah. you know? Um, and that dude, like, it's just, it's just so odd. You know, I, you said he has over, does he have over 10,000? I think so, but I don't, every, <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, there's probably people that have like 2000 followers that can put out a tweet and get more engagement Yeah, uh, on the tweet. Like I would way rather have a smaller following that is engaged than yeah. have a large following that only cares when you say very specific things that is expected of you. Yeah. Yeah. He's got over almost 13,000, which boggles my mind because I don't know. He likes Final Fantasy and he hates Colin. That's all I know. So whatever. All right. I don't want to talk about personality traits. Yeah. I don't want to talk about these idiots anymore. Yeah, okay. Let's move on. I agree. <laughs> Do you have any funny Colin stories that you can share? And as an addendum, you did the shower video shoot, right? Yes. yes. What in the, when I saw that video go live, I was like, this is the most Colin thing ever. And it is amazing. And also, God, poor Dustin is what went through my head. Yeah. Uh, dude, Colin's got an awesome shower. It's like a, a <laughs> his and her shower. It has like two opposite sides with two okay. shower heads, which is awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Should I, I don't know whether to reveal how it, how it went down. It's kind of the secret. <laughs> if you don't want to reveal it, that's fine. We can all just imagine that Colin was naked with the event horizon and you were the subject to all that. Yeah. I can't see out of this eye to this day. It's really <laughs> difficult. Um, but okay. I'm trying to think of funny Colin story. Okay. Um, this is only going to be funny to, well, okay. I'll, I'll say this one. I'll see if I can think of anything else we were hanging out um i go to his house like a few times a year and yep. i'll usually spend the night we'll have a business meeting and then we'll usually like chill and watch trailer park boys or something and there was one point where we were like just hanging out for a bit and i was like oh you could play a game or something if you want uh, i'm just gonna sit here and like work on stuff on my laptop and then he like looked down at the controller looked up at his tv and then he was like no i'm not gonna do that 
I was like, why not? You can just play. He's like, it's too awkward for me to play in front of you. And I was like, so the, the multiplayer thing goes that far now that you won't even play in front of everybody. He's like, yeah, that's just not, I just, I want, I don't want to do that. Like, okay, God. dude. And so like, it's not that funny if someone doesn't know Colin, but the fans right. of Colin that know how he is, it's like, that's, that's like a pure, pure Colinism right that's, there. Yeah. That's, that's Colin to a T. And I, I, I do share that like, it's not that I dislike multiplayer games. It's just that I suck at them. Like every year for some reason, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll get call of duty. And I play through the campaign, whatever. I'm like, let me go online. And now that I'm almost 40, I get there and I'm, I'm playing online and I see somebody and I see them and I go to aim and I pull the trigger. And because I'm almost 40, by the time I pull the trigger, I've already got shot in the head and I'm dead. So I'm just like the only online game that I've really had any fun with was GTA. And I know right. that was a question a few sacred symbols ago. Um, but other than that, I just can't, I can't do it. I just don't, my, my skills have atrophied so much. And I think Colin said that a million times and he's younger than me. Like, I just, I don't have the reflexes I used to, you know, I just, I can't do it. So that's something that Colin and I have always been kindred spirits when it comes to the the online stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, he's not into that at all. Um, no, other than that, I mean, it's, it's funny being at Colin's house because it's like exactly like what you would expect. It's mm -hmm. different now because last time I was there, Micah had moved in, so it yeah. had less of a bachelor feel. But like, <laughs> right. I I went to his pantry at one point, and it was like perfectly aligned uh, <laughs> bottles of water. And then it was like, here is the Sam's Club pack of this, and it was everything was like perfectly aligned in exactly the right spot. And then I opened the fridge, and it's like, here is the line of beers. Here yep. is the line of Pepsi. Like <laughs> it was just like perfectly organized. Uh, which Colin's not totally like that. You can see the background of Sacred Symbols. He's yeah. kind of messy, but certain things he's like, line this up. You know. Yep. So I'm so I'm so glad Mike is in his life to to shake him out she's of. She's great. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm so happy that she's officially part of the family now and everything. That it just seems like he's been and with getting Rush and meeting Mike and everything, he's just been over the last year or whatever it's been, he's just seemed so much happier. And that makes me happy. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been with my wife now. I know you tweeted, you and Holly have been together how long? Since 2014. So okay. that would be what? Five, six, seven, years, six, -ish, seven years. Yeah. I always forget Holly is she's not mad at me anymore. Cause I just don't remember any numbers or anything. Well, like, yeah. October 10th, 2014. I remember that. <laughs> I remember the anniversary, but yeah. Well, yeah, so I've got four kids. So trying to trying to remember four birthdays oh. plus my wife's birthday plus anniversary, it's it's rough. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've been together forever. I mean, we were high school sweethearts and everything. We've been together. We've oh. been married now for sixteen years. Nice which is how old I am. But yeah, yeah. Holly and I were also uh, well. Holly and I knew each other in high school. She went to a different school, but we started okay. dating. Um my the summer that i was going into 12th grade and she's actually a little older than me so she was going to college but okay. so i guess that like it's like half high school sweethearts yeah in a way um so i brought up returnal earlier so mm. like i said james solar beat it my brother beat it actually james got the platinum so good on him um Whoa. i don't know how it's even possible with all the rng crap in this game you beat it right you and colin both beat it yes i I have now put the game down. Skyward Sword just came out. I've never played this stupid game, so I'm playing it with controller controls. So I've walked away from Returnal. 
the thing that broke me was every, it seemed like everybody was saying the second boss Ixion or Ixion, however you would say his name or her name. I don't even know what it is. I'm okay until I get to that third phase when he starts jumping, jumping at you and doing the melee. And then he's just, there's red fireballs everywhere. And the red ring of death comes out three times and he starts warping and stuff. And I've seen it. I have seen a couple of people have tweeted me that like, no, that's probably their least favorite boss in the game, but most everybody else says he's so easy. And like I said earlier about my skills atrophying, I don't know that I can beat this game and it's going to drive me nuts because I do love it, but I hate it at the same time. But what, I guess, what were your overall thoughts on Returnal? How did you actually beat this freaking game? And just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude, this game, dude, it's hard. Like for real, it's like a real hard game. Um, and and part of the problem, at least that I had with it, was I found that a lot of runs became too dependent on RNG yep. and what you picked up, and that really frustrated me because, in particular, the most stuck I ever got in this game was the third biome, okay. uh, third biome boss. And what I was finding is I was like, man. I can grind out a lot and then die before I even get to the boss, even though I am having a great run. Or I can just blitz through and hope I get a good weapon and a couple power-ups along the way and then get to, like, phase two of the boss. So, like, it was frustrating to me just because I was like, I feel like I don't have control Mm -hmm. over... uh, my own play in the fact that it was so dependent on rng which is just i mean every game is gonna have to have random variables to it um but i just didn't like that it was like well this run is screwed i played really good but i did not get because dude some people are going to disagree with me on this but some of the weapons I think in that game are just trash. Like I think that the shotgun is trash. It I never sucks. I hate that thing so much. Yes. Dude, like when am I, there are so many enemies that you should like the guys that fly around yep. far away. Like you're never going to be able to use that shotgun on them unless it's like one of the later game shotguns that has like some more range stuff. It's like, so, and that's dude, that's the other thing is once you go further on into more biomes, you unlock mm-hmm. more weapons and I think more of more often than not, some of them are not good. Like there's a gun called the lobber, which I think is terrible as well. But it adds those weapons to the weapon pool. Yeah. So you have more chances of getting a weapon you don't like as you go on. Or at least that was my case. So overall, though, it still has a lot of that housemark DNA, the arcadey bullet hell, uh, you know, moment to moment gameplay. Very, very good. I just I found myself frustrated with um, just the RNG and also the roguelike stuff. Like I, yeah. I get it. The game is built around that, but I was like, man, I think I would have preferred just a normal game. Yeah. <laughs> I think it involves, you know, normal weapon switching, upgrading stuff like that. Well, that that's the other thing. If you could carry two weapons, I think that would make a world of difference in this. But I think it was you that said on a couple of sacred symbols ago that you wish like whatever, I think it was when house Mark got bought that you were saying, I think it was you that said, you know, you wish like, why not just make this game, but just don't do the, the, the roguelike or roguelite, whatever they would call this game. Like, don't do that. Just have the game be the game. And you get like 
yeah, it might make it easier, or whatever, if you get two, three lives or whatever, but just do that. And that's kind of how I feel right now, because the, the best, I got the second boss down to about 10% health and I just freaked out. I already used my moon man and he got me, but I felt like I had, so I had a carbine, but it was the carbine that only has like, it shoots slower. It doesn't have as much oh. ammo. And I was like, this yeah. sucks. And then I had another run where I had a hand, a level five handgun, but it's just a handgun. So I don't have a lot of ammo. And I'm like, if I could just like, let, let me pick up, even if I had a level three, like fast shooting carbine with a level five handgun, whatever. And I can switch back and forth. I, I love the game. I'm not going to tell somebody how to make their game. It, it is what it is, but that was, it's, it's so frustrating, but I, I don't want to give up on this game, but I just don't know that. I don't know that I can beat it. I don't even know that I can beat this boss. And my brother keeps telling me, no, you can, you can, you can, you know, you've gotten him down to 10% on phase three. You can beat him. You just needed right. a better gun and you would have done it. But again, it goes back to the RNG stuff. And I just, I don't know, man. Yeah, dude. And the, the thing that I, I'm, it sucks that you have to, I have to say this, but it's like, I, I like hard games. I've played every Dark Souls game. I platinum Bloodborne and Sekiro. I love hard challenging games but i don't like it when these hard challenging games feel like they're wasting my time yeah um that and that's like i don't know i mean at the end of the day video games i'm not saying they're a waste of time obviously we love them and they're worth our time but like in a game like sekiro um you know there's maybe a little bit of wasted time where you're like going to the boss over and over again but every time I play, it's like, okay, this is my fault. This is on me. Right. Maybe I can change my approach or whatever. Or in a, the case like Bloodborne or, or uh, Dark Souls, you can go level up or maybe you get these items. You can kind of determine your fate um, however you think the best way to go. Returnal is like spend 45 minutes uh, getting to biome three and grinding up. And then one of the drone guys comes out of nowhere and messes your day up and then it's over. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like, I, I, I just can't get down with that. I just don't, I've never been big on, on roguelikes except for Hades. Cause Hades has that really good progression. It doesn't feel like you wasted your time at the end of a run. If it's like, Oh, nice. I can now level up all of this stuff. So it's so interesting though. Have you thought about that? How it's like somehow in every major returnal conversation, Hades comes up. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's totally justified because they're both, it's like two examples of like really popular roguelike games um, done in very different ways. And I just, I man, I hope that more uh, developers that want to do roguelikes look at Hades and are like, okay, they how do we incorporate that sense of progression into our game? See, I haven't played Hades yet, just because I was like, I know it's going to come to PlayStation at some point. I don't oh. want to. I don't want to play it on my Switch. My laptop I'm recording this on it sucks. It would run it at like 240p. So I've already pre-ordered it on the PlayStation Store. I cannot wait to finally jump in. And I've heard oh. the Hades is also not as difficult as Returnal because honestly, to me, again, we were going back and forth with our buddy James. He can't believe that I think Returnal is more difficult than Cuphead and, um, oh my God, what's the name of the ninja game that came out this year? Uh, uh, Neo? No, the, oh. uh, the the side scroller. Oh, um, the one that Yacht Club published. Yeah, the, the ninja uh, guy. Cyber Shadow. Cyber Shadow. And I'm like, yeah, it to me, maybe it's because I grew up in the 8 and 16-bit era 
Yeah, Cuphead was difficult. That stupid robot boss was almost impossible, but we got past Jeez. him. That's that a dude. Rough one. Yeah. By the way, shout out for the T-shirt. Um, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, I love Cuphead. Cuphead's great. And Cyber Shadow, I died 438 times or something, but I beat it. And I'm like, I just don't know that I can beat Return. Returnal, like I beat Demon Souls on PS5. I had fun with Bloodborne. I never beat it. But I beat Demon Souls. My brother came in and helped me out with a flame lurker. And other than that, I was able to get through it. Because like you said, you can actually learn and level up and everything. Whereas Returnal, it's like you can learn, but it just depends on, you know, as Colin would say, dice rolls in your next run, what you're actually, what weapons you're going to get and everything else. So. Dude, yeah, I feel like, um, and you you said you have kids, right? Yeah, I feel like Returnal is like the absolute worst game for someone that has yeah. kids, or like, to me, like, man, when I was worried that I wasn't gonna be Returnal because I was getting really frustrated with it, and so like for a few days, I just had to like zone in mm-hmm. and like play a stupid amount and like really, really get my mind around it because like. It's been, uh, you know, a month or two now. I would probably be terrible uh, at this game. And I think, honestly, if I took a few days off of it, I would yeah. be terrible at it. It's like, it's it's one of those games you got to, like, really, really zone in and have 100% focus or, you know, it's, it's not going to work out. Yeah, and that's what was tough for me, having... <clears throat> a full-time job, four kids, and they've got soccer and gymnastics and dance and baseball, right. whatever. My, I, I don't have as much time to game as I would love to, but yeah. And, and I turned off all my automatic updates. So I wouldn't put it into rest mode and get screwed over because of that or something, but I, I want to go back to it, but I, I know now that I probably won't because I've, I'm trying to get through Skyward Sword with these stupid controls, but um, dude, that was what put me off. Uh, I was like lightly interested and I was uh, Thursday. I was like, am I going to have FOMO this weekend for not playing Skyward Sword? And then a lot of the tweets I saw were like, yeah, this game looks and runs a lot better. Uh, The controls still suck. It's like, well, that's why I didn't like it the first time. Uh, Just because I'm really sensitive to that. Not every, some people aren't as, you know, whatever. Um, It's probably still a pretty good game, but I just, I don't know. I can't get, get down with that control. Yeah. And so I've been playing it with my pro controller, trying to do the right stick controls. And it's like, right, yeah. Cobblin does this and then he does. I'm like, but it's also, I'm three hours in and I haven't even made it to the first dungeon. And my brother warned me, he's like, it does start slow. And he's like, it's not like Twilight Princess with a goat herding and all that. But the, the thing with Twilight Princess is once I got through all that, I love Twilight Princess. I think the Snow Peak Ruins is one of my favorite Zelda dungeons ever. I freaking loved that. I don't know that Skyward Sword, I'm going to be able to stick with it because these controls are just fighting me so much. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, Nintendo really did Zelda dirty, I think. Unless they've got some other stuff planned. It's like, really? It's the anniversary and you're giving us just this? This is it? Yeah. Um, It's it's sad. I would have liked to see more. Who knows? Maybe they'll do something, but it is, this is Nintendo. Right. The Nintendo's the king of the bare minimum, as we have seen with the OLED Switch. Well, and apparently to Grub, they're, the the Metroid Prime trilogy is done. They're just sitting on it now. I'm like, come on. I've I've never played those games because I didn't have a GameCube. I want that trilogy so bad on my Switch. Just You don't have to put it out six months before Prime 4. Just put it out. Let us fall in love with it. Play through these three long games, and then Prime will be ready. Prime 4 will be ready when it's done. But Nintendo's yeah. going to Nintendo. So, Yeah, man, that's that's exactly it. They uh, That's so funny. I, I have... Uh... 
there were like really strong rumors about that Metroid collection. And then they just kind of like washed up. It, that totally makes sense that it would be done and just, just waiting there. Yeah. I mean, I'm super stoked for Metroid Dread. To me, Metroid is a 2D series and I cannot, I can't wait for that. That'll be the first time other than Skyward. Skyward is the first time I played my Switch in, I don't even know how long. Um, but Metroid Dread, and I, I was, I actually really like Samus Returns. I know a lot of people weren't too high on it and Mercury, Mercury Steam, but I'm, I'm super stoked for that. Just to play a 2D Metroid game on my big screen, I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah, I'm excited for it too. I, the only Metroid game, the 2D Metroid game that I played all the way through is Super Metroid, and I okay. love it. It's fantastic. I, I'd like to play. A lot of people. Um, what's after that? Uh, I mean, there's Zero Mission on the GBA, and that's the remake. And then and Fusion. Fusion. Yeah. Right. Which leads into Dread, apparently. Right. Yeah. So. Hmm. Um, I don't want to keep you too long, Dustin. So I just got two more questions for you. Sure. Yeah. I don't know that I've heard this. Maybe you've said it on Sacred before, but. I got to ask anybody that I interview, I got to ask these two questions. So what is your favorite, not the best, but your favorite console of all time and your favorite game of all time? Hmm. My favorite console of all time, man, that's, that's a hard one. Um, Cause it's hard to battle like nostalgia versus, yep. um, you know, cause it's like ultimately probably right now the PS4 that's would, me would be that's me to me it's 1a is ps4 1b is the snes but that might be more nostalgia but when when you look at the games maybe it's not nostalgia but sorry continue yeah because i mean for me the nostalgia is like man playstation one yeah um that's that's where i really really fell in love with games for the very as we were talking about earlier with like metal gear solid and yep. uh, i loved ape escape it was mm -hmm. like a game that i really really loved on playstation one the first games I owned for that console were Rayman and Crash Bandicoot 3, which was like a great intro. Yep. And man, just so many memories uh, with PlayStation 1. And dude, of course, PlayStation PlayStation 2. Um, yep. It's huge. It's it's so hard when when you're when you you and I are the same that we both love and have loved games for so long. It's like it's difficult. So yeah, I like the 1A, 1B approach with uh, PS4 and, and PlayStation 1. Perfect. And then favorite game of all time. Are you going to say Persona? No. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, dude, it's so hard. I mean, it depends on the day for me. Yeah. Like, overall, I want to say, okay, I, I said a different answer on a different podcast for you uh, like a week or two ago. So I'll say a different answer now. Okay. <laughs> this is how it works out. Uh, I'm going to say Bloodborne. Oh, nice. That'll make my, my brother happy. Game. It's so good. I, um, I had played many Souls games before that, but never finished any of them. Like it didn't click in my brain. And Bloodborne, I remember. It's so funny how you remember small details. I, uh, after work one day, I went to GameStop to pre-order the NES Amiibo that they had in store. And as I was waiting in this line, because their entire system crashed, and so I waited like two hours for this stupid Amiibo. It was a dumb decision. I could feel myself getting sick. Yeah. I was like, I am getting a fever right here in line at GameStop. Oh Eventually, God. I got the pre-order. It worked out. But I went home and promptly died uh, <laughs> on my, on my, on my, I went to bed, like, instantly, had a fever. 
And I was out of work for like probably three or four days because I had a, wow. a pretty nasty fever. Um, but I was good enough that this was right. That it was like the week after Bloodborne came out. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to play Bloodborne this whole time. And it was like the best sickness I ever had. Maybe it was like the, 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 you know, the overall feeling and mood of Bloodborne like played into it. Yeah. Um, but man, it was like, I don't know if I've ever been that like in a trance of a game before that was like, I probably played Bloodborne for like eight hours the one day, like straight. Like yeah. I would like maybe get up and go to the bathroom and get a drink and eat, but like, it was like, I can't really move or do anything else. So, yeah. Um, and dude, that game, it's, it, it has, it sucks because it's stuck yeah. on PS4 with the poor frame rate and stuff like that. So, every day we are, you know, praying to the Sony gods and uh, praying for a Bloodborne remaster, a PS5 update, whatever. I'll take anything. Yep. Director's Give cut, me. you know. Dude, dude, I will. I will pay $70 again for this game. I know yeah, it's probably wrong, but I'll do it. I'll do it and I, I'll, I'll do it gladly, but that's what I want, man. It's just update Bloodborne. Let me play it at 60. Yep. Me too. I don't care about 4k, make it 60. Just make it a little bit prettier. I, that yeah. That's all I want. Exactly. Um, for me, my favorite game of all time is Metal Gear Solid 3. I still say it's the best story oh, ever, yeah. ever told in a video game. I'll never forget. It was so funny because I remember <clears throat> Playing through, I remember reading the IGN review before it came out and they had a tagline or something that said going back in time to do it right the first time. And I was like, holy crap, is this actually solid going back in time? Like, wait. And it never <sighs> dawned on me until the end that I was and that once I got my eye shot out, I was like, wait a minute. And then you realize when, when, when president tells you, you know, I award you the title of big boss. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then you find out spoiler alert for a 17 year old game that the boss wasn't really defecting blah, 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 blah. It's just the best story ever told. I know it doesn't hold up control wise, but that's why I so badly want Sony to buy blue mate to, to buy blue point and do remakes of one, two, and three. It's just keep the cutscenes, the story, everything the same, change the enemy placements, do all that. I would be as, as happy as a pig and shit. If, if they act, yeah. if it actually happens, Dude. it's my dream come true. Dude, those games, man, they're special. I uh, yeah. I remember being, uh, like I mentioned, I was in elementary school when I played Metal Gear Solid 2. I, I don't remember exactly what year. That had to have been probably around like fourth or fifth grade for me. I remember getting to the end of that game. Again, here, here we go with the spoilers on old <laughs> games here. But um, the part when the, the colonel is getting like all corrupt, yep. it scared me. I was like afraid. <laughs> I was like, this game, what is going on? I need scissors 61. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Um, and it, it's weird. Like it's, it's like kind of, it's, it's funny at the same time. Cause he's like, la, la, lu, la, la. Like, yeah. It's, it's real weird, but it, man, so good. Metal Gear Solid 2 also very good. All those games. I love it. And I'm so excited for Colin and Dagan to do their, uh, their knockback on it. Just cause I want to hear them talk, especially I wrote in with a question. I don't know if it'll get read or not, but just about, how Kojima basically predicted the future that he can he who controls the flow of digital information controls the world. And that's the world we've been living in for the last five, six years. And just, man, I just, I, I love Kojima so much. Dude, it's funny. Um, I think that sometimes I'm like, every once in a while, like maybe before Death Stranding, I was like, I love Kojima. He's a genius, but maybe he's a hair overrated, even though I love him. And then Death Stranding came out and 
it's so funny because there's things about that game that are like I think Death Stranding is, is an amazing game. It's second to Sekiro for that year for me. Yeah, it was um, my game of the year, and then I had RE2 remake at number two. But yeah, dude, that, I mean that game's it's so incredible. I love the story, but it's like the monster energy thing. Like, do we gotta do that? Like, I don't. Kojima's just Walking so, Dead. Yeah, we oh he's like man this ride. What is it? What is Norman Reedus? Oh yeah, like, ride. Man, ride with this would be great on ride with norman yeah. reedus yeah. like talking like, about what is happening yeah it's it's uh it's strange but man like so prophetic in so many ways especially yep. death stranding was just strange like yep. very very creepy yeah i i really i don't know about all the blue box stuff i'm still on the train that i don't know that it's kojima but there's no way some developer no one's ever heard of is getting their own friggin' PS five app with five to right. 12 minute trailers and gameplay demos and all this, by the way, Konami's licensed out two silent Hill games. And we know, only know about one of them. There's whether it's Kojima or not, there's something going on there. And I do hate that <clears throat> if Kojima's not going to make any more games on PlayStation, it just doesn't feel right. Um, if he does a game for Xbox, that's fine. As long as I guess, as long as Xbox doesn't buy Kojima productions, I won't go off the deep end yet, but man, when that news broke, I was like, oh, that just hurts me because Kojima, I know Metal Gear Solid 5 and the HD collection came out on Xbox, but when you think of Metal Gear and you think of Kojima, other than the early days of Snatcher and everything, you think of PlayStation and it'll really, right. it'll really suck if that's the end of that. But, and right. then, and then I think about all these you know, him talking about what he thinks about the director's cut stuff. I'm like, oh my God, did Sony piss him off making him call this game a director's cut? I don't know. But that's when you just, you start going down the rabbit hole and who who knows what. Right. Yeah. He is. I mean, my, my hope is that this Xbox thing, which who knows what's going on, but there was rumors that it was like episodic. And so that Sony wasn't interested. And so I hope that it's a situation where like Kojima's like, this is my vision. I'm going to go to... The company that lets me do it the way i want to yeah and that doesn't mean that like uh you know we'll never see him again on on playstation or something right. so who knows i hope so uh that's all i got dustin thank you so much man this was this was a lot of fun i appreciate you coming on here yeah um, for sure. everybody check out at dustin can fly on twitter go to patreon.com slash last stand media um, where I, like I said, uh, many times, I'm a proud patron of last stand. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on Dustin. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'm so happy for you, uh, keep kicking ass and everything. And yeah, this was, this was a lot of fun to get together with you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. This was fun. This was like, I like a good certain, like sometimes I'm on a show and it feels more like uptight or whatever. This was like, felt like a good good just chat you know yeah. what i mean like very relaxed and so i i was it was a, a fun chat anytime i'm willing to come back anytime so let me know awesome um and we can get that worked out this has been real awesome i appreciate it man uh that's it for this episode everybody and until the next time thank you for playing <laughs>